When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance. I am so delighted today to have with us Marcus Ogden. And Marcus, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you here and learn so much about you. Nice to meet you, Jen. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So let me give everybody a brief, and I'm going to do a very brief bio of you because there's a story that I want you to tell, not your bio to tell. (laughs) And that is that Marcus in 2003 was drafted by the NFL as an offensive lineman. And after five years of playing in the league, he decided to retire and pursue a career in construction and contracting. And at the ripe age of 27, which in football is like, you're getting a little older at 27. Right. Marcus founded a uh, construction company called Caden Premier Enterprises. And within 90 days after this massive growth, he had to declare bankruptcy and he lost over $2 million. And we're going to hear about this story because success to significance and breaking through glass ceilings, life after breaking through glass ceilings is what this podcast is all about. And we're going to talk about how you went from where you were to what happened and then back again and So I am delighted to have you on the show. One of the things that I want to just ask you real quickly on the NFL side is who did you play for? So I was drafted by the Jaguars, who who drafted Trevor Lawrence this year, the first pick overall, then played for the Ravens, Buffalo. Baltimore, yeah. And then I finished up my career with the Titans before I injured my back in 2007, 2008. Oh, wow. Wow. You were lucky to stay on the East Coast and not be flip-flopped all over the place. I know. I know. But I actually never thought about that. Jacksonville, up to Baltimore. Yeah. Up. So I kind of I went bottom, then up, then up, then right. back down to yeah. Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You were lucky not to be tossed all over the country. Well, good. And I love football players because my son played quarterback in college. And so we had all of that in our lives too. And Everything I coach on, I use first and 10, do it again and huddles and everything's football. It just, it became the nature of our conversations around the table. And so we use that, you know, audibles. <laughs> so where did your son go to college? He went to Indiana University, Pennsylvania. It was a D2. I know D2. where it is. IUP. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And we were so confused. Like, wait a minute, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Pennsylvania. I'm like, can't they come up with their own names? Why do they have to steal? It was so confusing. It was so confusing, but yeah, no, he was a really good, very precise quarterback. And, you know, now he's in financial stuff. So 
Yeah, it is what happens. So anyway, well, good. Well, we're happy to, you know, I've had the opportunity to watch you. I'm sure I did. <laughs> I just didn't pay attention, but I want to talk about what happened, you know, and I know that you are helping, you know, you're a, a co, I mean, an author, you're a coach, you're a speaker, and I know you're helping people get inspired and grow their businesses, you know, and all of that. And when I think of NFL and being in the finance world that I was in for 35 years, I know that there's this a stereotype. I'm going to call it a stereotype of professional athletes who just can't get the financial piece together. Mm-hmm. So is that what you're coaching on these days? Tell us a little bit about what you're coaching and speaking on and helping people. Great question, Jen. So I do a lot with different organizations like technology to retail, to food service and product, to financial planning, to insurance. My coaching is more on business strategy. I do have a degree in finance. So like your son, I was going to want to work at like a Merrill Lynch. I actually interned and worked at Merrill Lynch for a short time in my professional career. Yeah. And then went, oh. Yeah. I just just couldn't do it. So it wasn't for me. And Now with people, it's more about the business strategy, how to take certain pillars of a business and build to the next level and elevate, help you with your marketing strategy, your sales strategy, enhancing your culture and development. You know, very fortunate has some phenomenal clients. Like one of our biggest clients, Jen, is a company called Red Gold Quality. They're mm-hmm. the second largest supplier globally of ketchup. And they are just a phenomenal okay. brand. And they're out, out of, again, they're in Heartland, Indiana, right there, Elwood. And I met them through LinkedIn and we've oh, been wow. working together. Wow, Jen, now for about two years. And it's been phenomenal. It really has. And it's helped us with growth and we've helped them with development. We've helped them with everything to kind of get from where they are, which are where they were to where they are now is number two uh, in the world. So truly it's something that I enjoy doing, but we do want more business coaching and speaking on those type of topics. And also do a lot of speaking on the topic of pivot because right now, Jen, due to COVID and everything yes. going on in the world, all of us have had to pivot into some sort of new transitional position in our businesses today. Yeah. And I mean, all of us did that pivot, right? And people are still doing that. They're saying, okay, well now, you know, the businesses are saying, come on back to work. And they're going, hey, I don't know. I don't know. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I felt like when, you know, when I brought this podcast on, I mean, it was planned to come out last year in April oh, wow. and it came out last year in April. And I have another podcast that I've been doing for seven years too, but it came out in April and I said, oh my gosh, how perfect was this timing? Because this was, you know, everything from success to significance and that thought process of, do I want just to be successful and have all the money? And then at some point in time you go, oh, but I want to be significant and make an impact. And how do I make that, that change and that transformation? So everything that you're talking about is absolutely perfect, you know, and how that happened. So that's what you're doing now. So let's go back. Let's find out what happened after the 90 days. What happened on day 91? <laughs> so basically what happened was if at that time I knew that the business was going to shut down. Like I knew it. I was trying to push through and so self-sustain and all my money was gone. And then once the bank decided to not extend our line and we lost out on two investors that were supposed to come in and buy out my current partner, that's when I knew it was over. And so- yeah. Day 91 was super hard, just scrambling. I remember trying to go get another job, selling gold and silver just to make a buck, just while I was in the process of trying to close down Caden. And what happened was, is I 
contacted the National Football League, Retired Players Association, went and met with them. And that's how they helped me get down to Raleigh because my fiance was down, my wife, her family was down here. But I got a job. That's how I got to Merrill Lynch in Durham, North Carolina. And they helped me transition. They also helped me with a grant called the Gene Upshaw Trust Fund. Gene Upshaw was the very first director or executive director of the Retired Players Association. So he helped a lot of former players that were struggling with finances or health insurance or transition. So that program was designed to help players improve financial hardship to help them move forward and have dignity as long as they were trying to at least get on their feet and work towards salvation. So I got approved for that. But Moving down to Raleigh, it was hard because we had to pack up in an instant. It took almost, it exhausted almost every financial resource we had to pack everything up, get a place down here. First months ran a deposit, movers, drive everything down here. We got into our place and I remember it was April 13th of 2013. We got here, we moved in April 15th. And I looked in the bank account after we moved in and got settled in on like April 18th. I was like, wow, we only have $400 in the bank. Yeah, That's it. We can't afford next month's rent. So without the NFL, because I was working at Merrill Lynch, but I was going to get paid until the following month. I had missed the cycle. So without the NFL helping me stepping in with, with that trust, right, Jen? I don't make it. I don't pay the rent and yeah. I could be homeless or my fiance would move in with her parents because her parents live down here in the area. But I had just been dating her for probably about maybe six or seven months at that yeah. time. Yeah, so maybe. they weren't ready for you to come into the house. Nah, right? nah, they weren't ready for all that. <laughs> and I wasn't ready for it either. I yeah, was like, yeah. nope, we're good. And so yeah. <laughs> I got the help and I just, but I remember that we got four months of bills paid in, but that four months was a struggle because I was working at Merrill for two, got paid, put money away, great. But, you know, then I got fired. And then I got to a construction company. Yeah, I got a job. Gave me $1,000. So I was getting $1,000 a week. Gave me cash, first pay. Gave me a truck, phone, laptop. Fired me five days later. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. So then I had to start over again. And I had that little sulky period. Then I had to go out and start coaching. And I it was just a craziness. So the first Six months of being here was an absolute just, it was a terror dome. It was like everything was, wasn't working out. I took that job as a custodian, made $8 an hour. And then I had that moment. And then that's when I said, okay, I'm worth more. What can I do? And I said, oh man, I'm going to be a speaker. I've seen the movie Shallow. How I've heard this guy, Tony Robbins, if he can do it, why can't I? Like, I'll go on to be the next sensation. Sure. Two and a half years, Jen, not one paid job. Right. Not <laughs> one. And just kept moving and kept, and I finally got my first paid job in April 2016 with Miller Mott College. But that transition after losing everything, like I tell everybody, that's why my first book is called Sleepless Nights, because I had so many yeah. sleepless nights during that period. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like it is. So, you know, as we talk about breaking through glass ceilings, because a lot of times, you know, we, we just encounter like, oh my gosh, and you broke through several, right? It was like, right. I broke through this one and now I have another one I have to break through. And, you know, we have many ceilings that we break through. Mm-hmm. What was the catalyst that took you from being a custodian and, you know, being a quote speaker without really having any speaking gigs, right? <laughs> what was the catalyst that broke that ceiling that has brought you to where you are now? So publishing my first book was huge for our brand. 
it there gave you. us a platform and a leg to stand on. You talk about from success to significance. Yeah. That's kind of where it helped us to create a successful platform and we became somewhat significant where people could actually read about us and they could see about what we were doing and all the other things. So as a result of that, that was the breakthrough to help us get to that first glass ceiling. My book was published October 2015, and I got the first paid speaking job April 2016. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, I mean, that's proof in the pudding. Everyone always says, you know, write a book and it gives you more credibility and, yep. you know, and it just does. And, you know, now I'm like seven books in, so I'm still looking for credibility, right? I definitely have. So, you know, just to kind of share, you know, and actually it's the first time I'm saying it on this podcast, but I'm starting a TV show called Tell Me I Can't. Nice. And uh, we're writing a book by the same name and that'll be out, you know, sometime in September or something. Tell Me I Can't. And we're actually positioning that for a Hallmark movie. And, but Tell Me I Can't and I'll show you how I did. You know, sounds like your story, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes the Tell Me I Can't comes from internal. Sure. Oh, yeah. One of my mentors, Mel Robbins, and she says that imposter syndrome that you always tell yourself that you can't do it because everybody's told you for so long that you couldn't do it. Right. You start to believe. You start to believe it. Yeah. And the avalanche theory just has to pile down all on top of you. Yeah. Mel's great, by the way. Love Mel. (laughs) Yes. Powerful, powerful woman. So what does the future look like for you? So you're, you know, so we're real clear. You're speaking, you know, you're looking for speaking opportunities. Have you gone international yet? Yes. We've done in Mexico. We've done things in Canada. We're in in Ireland. We've done a lot of things, a lot of things uh, internationally as well through Zoom because of the pandemic and things like that. Yeah. But it's getting a lot more in that regard. Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So someone's listening and watching this. They're saying, okay, I want you to come in and be an inspirational speaker. Um, Because I noticed that you said inspirational, not motivational. I love that because people ask me, are you motivational? And nope. mm -mm. I inspire people to be motivated. I can't make you motivated. You have to get yourself motivated, right? Right. So I love that you're doing this. So who's your ideal client that you want to be speaking at? Do you want to be at conferences? You want to be at companies speaking to to a sales team or an executive team? What does that look like for those that are listening and want to open doors? So I love speaking at all types of things like that. Conferences, you know, events for teams and companies, you know, all that kind of stuff is very well fitting for me. What I found I'm being hired for a lot these days are organizations wanting me to come in and help them with their marketing team or their sales team or their leadership team. And I'm also, Jen, getting a lot of consulting opportunities where we work with organizations, you know, on a six month or a yearly basis, like with the red goal that's yeah. how I'm on my second year contract with them. And they've had great growth and great success, you know, going into year two of our consulting right. arrangement. So right. for me, those speaking leads to the consulting, the works and things of that nature, because I feel that's where you can make the most impact. And you can also get the most bang for your buck and most bang for their buck. As long as the people on the call that you're leading are trying to help moderate are actually wanting to get the work, which I have. We have great clients that are exactly like that, like our clients, Lulu Press, which is owned by the same guy who owns Red Hat, or used to own Red for Republic. They're a great company. Red Gold's phenomenal. My consulting client, Liberty Home Mortgage, is great. Reliant Mortgage. And we just have those monthly calls to help create strategy and breakthroughs to get people to see ways of doing business in a better, more efficient way. 
Yeah, that's absolutely great. So if someone wants to reach out to you, how do they book with you? How do they get in touch with you? How do they do all that? So they go to our website, www.marcusmarqusogden.com and connect with us. Send us a note, send us some sort of, hey, you know, this is what we've got going on. Hey, it's what we have in our company. We have a chat box. You can join our newsletter. We're all about the value. Like we want to understand that we're here to give you value and give you value information. Once you have that, from that point, what you do with it is totally up to you. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I've got a couple of more questions for you. Sure. What is the number one strategy that doesn't get implemented by businesses and causes them to not achieve or scale in the way that they want to? Lack of marketing. There's three ways to market. Social positioning, i.e. social media, mm-hmm. networking, and referral. Referral yeah. is what I call the hot lead. It is the easiest to do because you don't have to, the chance of rejection is less. Right. Networking is what I call warm because it's more people know you somewhat to the degree. Chance of getting rejected is there, but a lot less than cold, which is going to be social positioning because that's how I met Red Gold. You know, I didn't yeah. know my guy when I first met him. It was like, hey, how are you? And we started talking. And then <laughs> now two years later, we're great friends. But yeah. most people will Jen, with the social position because they're afraid of failure and they're afraid of getting rejected. And I tell everybody, the worst thing I can tell you is no. But if you never ask, it's always going to be no. So yeah, it's have- always going to be. So I want to talk about that just a minute because, you know, this is a topic that I talk about in my coaching as well as, you know, relationships, right? For me, it's just, it's relationships. So one of the reasons I think that people hold, and we're having a conversation about this. One of the reasons I think that people hold back with marketing is they don't have clarity of their message. Uh Oh, I agree. Talk to us about clarity of message and how someone listening would say, oh, I didn't know I need to have clarity of message. And why is it so important? And how do I do it? Clarity of message is all about identifying your mission and or your mantra and when you connect with people, you want to have your mission and mantra align with their mission and mantra to create an alignment around a shared vision. One of my coaches taught me that years ago. And once I learned that, Jen, our business has skyrocketed. But yeah. the way you do that is you have to be very clear on your mission, your mantra, what you're about, what you care about. And when you're trying to pitch to someone, if you align your mission mantra to theirs, chances of getting that business go way up. For example, Red Gold's mission is they want to deliver great quality ketchup and tomato-like products through operational excellence, quality products, and excellent customer service. Mm-hmm. Our mission is inspire you to take accountability to have success where we have failed. The way in which we do our business aligns very strong with their operational excellence, quality product, and customer service. Because the way in which we do things, we want your operational excellence to be five-star, so your quality products will be five-star, and then your customer service spot will be five-star. Because our values align, Jen, Red Gold took a chance, hired us to speak for them in January 2020. We have not stopped working with them since. And that's how we get a lot of our clients now. Like, you know, a great quote by Jim Rohn, who was Tony Robbins' teacher, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishments. Yeah. A goal is what you want to do and accomplishment is what you have done. People are going to hire you off what you have done, not what you plan to do. So stop planning and go out there and start doing 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely beautiful. And I do think that, you know, a lot of people are afraid of niching, which is what mission and vision is, is saying, you know, what is it that I deliver instead of saying, you know, I deliver anything that you need. (laughs) which makes you a commodity and you end up selling nothing to no one. And niching is so many people are so afraid of going into that niche or to, you know, identifying that mission and sharing that mission because they think they're not going to be able to get everybody. But the thing is, you're not getting everybody right now. Uh, Right. You know, and you can't handle everybody. No. That's the whole thing. Like, well, because you're developing uh, everything to fit that person as they come in. So develop it and then go deliver it, right? Well, that's why. So our underlying real foundational pillar is accountability. Like yeah. that's really what it is. Can I help you with your business? Sure. If you're looking to work about being accountable, I can help you. If you're not going to be accountable, you're not going to listen to what I say, don't bother talking to me because I'm the wrong person to work with. Cause I'm not going to just want to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear in a nice way to yeah. help you where you want to go. Yeah. Some that's tough love. Difference. Yeah. It's some there tough you love to move you forward. Yeah, you, exactly. you know why Red Go has really captured the market very much, Jen? They really got their senior VP got really good at social media positioning and it created a windfall of people from all across different, you know, Midwest to South, to Southeast, to blue collar, to they got to have a veterans program, catch up for a cause. And they were on, they were on Fox News like two weeks ago. A year ago, very people knew who Red Gold was. Now they're like this, becoming this household name because they have a private label side where like a Walmart, a Kroger will buy the ketchup and put their own label on it. But that's all Red Gold ketchup. So now their branded side is becoming popular to match their private label side. So that's how they're now only 5% behind hunts for global supplier of ketchup. And we worked on that strategy and we worked on posts and we worked on being unique and different. And one of my clients had uh, one of my clients had a great saying, make sure I say it's right. Uh, It's called UCF. It's called UBR, your unique buying reason. What is the unique buying reason that I should buy your product? And red gold between quality, great products, excellent customer service, and the support of veterans and what they're doing, people now are getting behind red gold and they're advertising well, they're being strategic, and there you go. But if we didn't have the mission of inspiring you to take accountability, we would have never synced with red gold. And without that, our brand would not have a phenomenal partner, not a vendor, a phenomenal partner in Red Gold. Yeah. Okay. So that leads me to my last question then. So for someone who's listening and they're listening to you and say, I want that. I want that. I want to have that partner. I want to have that drive, et cetera. What is the first step for them to take in order to identify what their mission is and what their vision is? Number one, you have to look at what are your strengths and what is it that is the why in which you do business? When you know what your strength is and what your why is, you can tailor that into your mission, into your mantra, and you can move forward. But if you don't know what your why is and you don't know what your strengths are, you will continue to do what society tells you need to do, which yeah. is what you want to do. Yeah, that's powerful. 
<laughs> That's powerful because that is so true. It that is. Is so true. That's why so many people are so unhappy because they feel like they have to do everything they see that someone's doing on Facebook when they aren't really happy doing it. And, yeah, it's and amazing. You have no idea what somebody's wife is like, what they're uh, what they have that car, they're on this vacation. You don't know if that's them on vacation, if they're actually living on the street and they took a picture to make it look good. Like you have no idea. Yeah. Well, or even, you know, when everyone says, Oh, well, you need to get a Beamer or whatever. It's like, well, no, I don't. Because why do uh-huh. I want one? It's just a status uh-huh. symbol. Yeah, it's crazy. But you know, that comes with age. That comes with saying, hey, look, I don't need to be like everybody else, you know? Okay. So here's my last question for you. So Marcus, if I'm going to come down and I'm going to spend the weekend with you guys, right? I'm just going to shadow you. It's not what I want. I'm going to shadow you. Tell me what a weekend looks like with you and your family. What do so- you do? I'm a big going to the gym every day. I go seven days a week. I lift six, go seven. So I'm always at the gym in the mornings. And on the weekends, it little varies. Like I like to do, my wife teaches Zumba on the weekends. So oh, I have yeah? my own daughter. So uh-huh. I take her and we'll go get lunch, something like that, come home. And my wife will come home. And on Saturdays, we'll try to go to the mall and dr- take our daughter to like, drop in care for, the, for a couple of hours and walk around, you know, let her you know, look or browse or, you know, not that she's trying to buy something. I'm like, we don't yeah. need to buy that. Like, oh, I need that. Like, no, we don't need that. Yeah, I don't need that. Like, no, we don't. No, you don't need that. But she wants right. to buy something. So walk around Nordstrom, which is like her savior, my poison. And then walk around the mall and then they get some lunch and all that. And then all and then on Saturday nights, I'll play poker. I'm a big poker player. I enjoy playing that. It's one of my hobbies. Nice. Uh, and then Sunday, the gym again, have my daughter. And then, or if lately we've been doing, uh, I've been just taking, I've been working out at home and then going to breakfast with my wife and with my daughter. My oldest daughter sometimes will come if she doesn't have to go to work because she's 17 and she works at Cracker Barrel. So she's in high school and doing great. And uh, oh, yeah, good. she's making money for herself, very responsible. So she's doing that. And so I might, you know, have her come with us and then we'll have like a little time together and I'll play poker again on Sunday afternoon for a couple of hours and then come home and then, you know, we'll watch some type of great Netflix, you know, we're into this show now. Yeah, we're into this show now called The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. You ever heard about this? Nope. The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Oh, it's like, so basically what's happening is that it's in the future and America has become like this crazy place where women aren't allowed to like, it's like, it becomes like they're subsidiary to men, but then like a lot of people cannot bear children. So you have to have a handmaiden who will help you be able to bear children and goes through a process. And then like, but then if you're a woman who rebels, you go to a place called the colony. So it looks like you're back, like in biblical times, right? actually in the future. And some, some things are futuristic. Some things are like, you know, very, like, very like back in the Bible days, Yeah, but they're very biblical, but it's kind of like like Star Wars was right. Like it's very futuristic, but then they all wear, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah. And it's (laughs) so weird. And some of them, they do a lot of flashbacks for like, oh, good Lord. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's crazy. But it's interesting because like, it just shows to me like, but then other countries are like Canada, they don't believe what we do. So like there are women can you know have businesses and all this type of stuff. So it's very interesting. And I like yeah. the fact how it just makes you think about, man, like that society wouldn't work. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No I, opinion. That's why it's entertainment. Let's hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, the society wouldn't work. I'm like, you know, with my wife, like, <laughs> 
I like how she gives me opinions on things. And I ask her about this or that. And I hey, for the business. What do you think? Because my wife has a good eye. And she's also a uh, an English major. So I ask her for opinions and all the kind of stuff. So, but yeah, we like to binge watch on Netflix. Or it Hulu. sounds like you love to be with your family. Oh uh, yeah, I'm a big family that's, guy. Yeah. yeah, big family I, guy. I, yeah, I, that I sounds, yeah, that sounds yeah. great. That sounds like a very relaxing weekend. Very yeah. relaxing weekend. I, my life is crazy enough for travel. I got to go to June. I got to go to Omaha, Nebraska, Las Vegas, Oklahoma City, and Cody, yeah. Wyoming in all of June. So when I'm home, yeah. I like to be home. You want to be home. Listen, I feel you. I definitely feel you. I feel the same thing. Yeah. You know, before COVID, I was on the road two to three weeks out of every month. And yep. now that now that I'm back, you know, I was just out for a week and a half or two weeks over the last few weeks. And it just feels good to be back home again. And I really don't want that chaotic thing yes, that I so used much. to have, you know, I just don't. So it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much, Marcus, well. for your time with well. us today. And, Absolutely. you know, I just want to encourage everyone if you, you know, what Marcus has said has resonated with you, take some action, get in touch with him and, you know, book him on a show, book him on a you know, a stage or a sales meeting or a webinar or a Zoominar, as I call them, zombieism, Zoominars, right? <laughs> Zoominar. And, you know, engage with him with coaching as well. So, you know, I really, really appreciate all the insight that you gave us and how you broke through all these glass ceilings on your way from success to significance and back again and upside down and all around and everything in all between. Around. Yeah, that's I what it's about. It. I appreciate yeah, Thanks it. for inspiring us today. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So again, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And as a reminder, please take a moment to scroll down on your phone and put in five stars and give us a beautiful rating. We'd love to hear what you loved about this episode. And we will talk to you on the next time. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.